Today is Thursday, November the 12th. I am your host, KC Phoenix, and this is my daily thought. KIRWKC.com, main podcasting platform. KIRWKC on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash KIRWKC. If you are watching this on YouTube or Daily Motion, don't forget to hit the subscribe button followed by the notification bell. That will let you know when I upload new videos. Okay, I'm mighty, as you can see, for those who are watching, listening, I'm telling you. Mm. All right, so today was an interesting day. I will give you the details on that tomorrow. (laughs) As to what happened today, or really what has been happening this week. And it's been it's been funny because, yeah, I'll just that will be my daily thought tomorrow. So, yeah. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. Let me go ahead and get to my daily thought for today, which, of course, is fortitude. And I brought up the definition. Because. I know because when I hear fortitude, I'm like, okay, standing tall, standing, standing in your truth. Fortitude is what I think of. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the technical definition of fortitude? So the technical definition of fortitude, one definition is strength of mind that allows one to endure pain or adversity with courage. Then... Another, strength, force, power to attack or resist attack. And then another, mental power of endurance, patient courage under affliction, privation, or temptation, firmness in confronting danger, hardship, or suffering. Those are the technicals when it comes to fortitude. For me, I'll explain it to you like this. I don't know why. I feel like this just has, this tea doesn't have the usual kick. Maybe because I put extra um, water in it because usually I feel it to a certain point, but I kind of almost filled it all the way to the top of the mug and that might have diluted the taste some. But I, I just feel like this tea doesn't have that extra kick of bitterness that I really, really like. So I'm just like, oh man, but I mean, still good, but I like that kick to it. Mm. But anyways, so When I think of fortitude, personally, I, one could say, when I did my daily thought a few days ago, I think day before yesterday, when I was talking about building yourself up, and when you build yourself up, you're building up your ego, you're building up your self-esteem, loving yourself and all of that stuff. And then when things come at you in life, you you have that strength. That strength is fortitude. I don't know if you've ever been the odd one out 
where everyone is saying, okay, let's do this. But you're like, no, I'd rather do this. So you have 15, 20 people saying, let's do this. And then you're like, that doesn't make sense to me. This makes more sense to me. So in that moment, you're not with the group. You're pretty much on your own because in your mind, this is what you want to do. But the group is saying, well, no, this is what we should do. Do you change your mind and go over to the group or do you stand where you are and and go against what the group wants to do? If you stand where you are and go against what the group wants to do, that is where fortitude comes in. Because obviously, when you don't go with the group, then the group, the people within the group, look at you differently. Because they're like, well, they're not seeing things the way we see things. And obviously, there's a lot of us who see things the same way, and they're out there by themselves. And they don't see it the way we see it. So obviously there's something wrong with them because they're out there by themselves and we're in a group together. So clearly we're right because we're all agreeing with each other. And then that person over there isn't agreeing with us. Where that could be the case that the group is right, but also it could be the case that the group is wrong. Just because something is confirmed by one or more people doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. A lot of things, and not to get political, but a lot of things were done throughout history were confirmed by other people saying, oh yeah, that's right. Where it was brought to all the other people where someone didn't stand up and say, no, that's wrong. And because everyone else was confirming, oh, yes, yeah, right, we're doing the right thing because everyone else is saying, since I'm not the only one saying we're doing the right thing, this person's saying it, that person's saying it, that person's over there is saying it. But then there always comes that one person from time to time throughout history that says, you know what, what you're doing or how you're doing that, that doesn't work. That's not... That's not the right path. You're, you're missing the mark. That takes fortitude because you're going against the norm. Usually, the people, how was that saying? I, I'm digging in my recall here in my memory to see if I can recall this correctly. The saying. Trailblazers are called trailblazers for a reason. It's because there wasn't a trail at first. So if you're going down a road with a group of people, that group of people is going down the road, but you've figured out that there's a shortcut, 
But no one has ever taken that shortcut before. But you know that there's a shortcut. You know there's an easier way to get to the destination. But no one's ever taken it before. And you're telling this group as you're going down the road, hey, I'm confident there's a shortcut this way. And the group is like, no, we've been doing it this way. We've been walking this trail for years and years and years. This is how we'll get to the destination. This is how it's always been done. So, no, just stay on the trail with us. Stay with the group and we'll we'll get there. Don't worry about it. And you're like, no, I'm sure if we go this way, it's better Then we can get to the destination quicker. This is a better way to take. And the group is like, no. You're then determining, well, do I want to stay on the journey with the group to get to the destination? Or do I want to step out on my own and create my own trail because the trail has never been done because the group has always went down this one way. They've never strayed from the other way because all they know is that this one way to the destination works. Anything else outside of that, the group think doesn't see it. So then you have a choice. All right. Do I want to create this trail and go towards the destination this way? Where I feel in my heart of hearts that it's a shortcut to get to this destination. And then you take it and you get there before the rest of the group. And they're like, how did you get here? And how did you get here so fast? It's like, I took a shortcut. And that shortcut that you took to get to that destination, that trail that you went down, that was the trail that you created because you broke away from the group thing. You broke away from being part of the group. You broke away and became an individual and said, I'm going to go this way. And you created that trail and became a trailblazer. In order to become a trailblazer, in order to step into your own, you have to have fortitude. Fortitude is like the definition says, strength of mind is what it is. When everyone is calling you crazy, when everyone is telling you that you're wrong, when everyone is telling you that you can't do it, pick your poison of all of the things that people will say to you to discourage you from being an individual. And that... To overcome all of that, that takes fortitude. It takes strength of mind to stand in the midst of adversity, to stand in the midst of everyone judging. And that's why I had mentioned before a few days ago, it's, it's all connected. With building yourself up, that affects your fortitude. If you, if your foundation isn't strong, you're not going to have any fortitude. You will not be able to withstand what happens 
But fortitude is the thing that is the word for standing in your truth, standing in your greatness and refusing to be part of a group. Even when things get hard or when it seems like it won't work out because it isn't just, oh, not going with the group. It could be an internal struggle where you're pursuing a goal and it seems like the goal just is it's not going to work out. It's not going to come together. Then it becomes an internal struggle of the mind. It becomes an internal struggle of the spirit. You have to have the fortitude to say, you know what? Even though things are not looking good right now, I have to keep going. I have to stay strong. I can't quit. I have to believe that something will work out one way or another. I have to have the strength not to buckle. That is what you call fortitude. So, yeah, that's what I have for my daily thought. So whatever you do in life, make sure... I have to take a sip of my tea again. Make sure that fortitude is something that you have within yourself. Whether it's mental, physical, whatever is required for the journey that you take. Because if you have fortitude, And you're taking a journey. And especially if you are creating, traveling down a trail that has not been traveled before, you are creating a trail which is making you a trailblazer. If you have fortitude, it will make things a lot easier. And also, you will more than likely accomplish. Whatever it is you're looking to accomplish. If you have fortitude. Now, as I always do with everything, there's a caveat. I always give a caveat. There's a caveat to everything. Do not confuse fortitude with stubbornness. (laughs) Even though sometimes it does It doesn't hurt to be stubborn, but you go to my episode, don't miss the signs or whatever, you know, look for the signs. You have to check the signs. You have to check other things. I'll give you an example. If you're outside and you're jumping up in the air saying that I'm going to jump and by the time I'm going to learn how to jump so high that I jump up into space. Yeah, you can have the fortitude to do that, but odds are it's probably not going to happen. And the group is going to say, yeah, physics are are at play here. I just don't see it happening. (laughs) 
you know, you have to take <laughs> your surroundings. You have to take account of your surroundings <laughs> and and see what's what. Now, I will say some of the most successful people throughout history, whether it's in technology, whether it's in politics, whether it's in um, medical, the medical field, health, um, food, several industries. Some of the most successful people have done what others have said is impossible. You know, I'll give you an example. There was this doctor. She was, uh, it was a black woman. Uh, What is her last, I want to say last name is Bath. I think B-A-T-H-E. She was with UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. But she was a uh, a black woman. Might still be alive, too. And she invented LASIK surgery for your eyes. The LASIK eye surgery, a black woman invented that. And I'm sure that when the preliminary stuff started, one might think, how are you going to help someone see with a surgery using a laser? You know, because with the cataracts and everything that all plays a role and stuff. And I give thanks every day. Thank you, universe, that I have 20-20 vision. Um, But to think that when she started on that journey to learn how to help people see again, I'm sure in the preliminary stages of that, there were things that were like, okay, this may not work. Or there may have been people that told her, oh, this isn't going to work. Using a laser on the human eye to wipe away things and do this and do that, I'm sure she ran into obstacles. Um, Thomas Edison, very, very well-known inventor. Oh, As a matter of fact, I'll give you, I can take that and dive into something else because some people may not know this. I I deal with, like I said, I deal with politics, history and all this stuff. So I'll tell you what happened. All right. So everyone knows that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. That's, That's a known fact. All right. Well, when he was going through that, there were several tests. I think it was like a thousand tests that he went through. Now, For someone going through this and and watching it and seeing what's going on here, they're like, wait a minute, you're going to run electricity through and turn it on? And this was a time when kerosene heater, like kerosene was popular. Actually, this was during Rockefeller and all that stuff during the Industrial Revolution. And with... Thomas Edison, as a matter of fact, J.P. Morgan, I'm sure you've heard of J.P. Morgan Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase banks, all that stuff, the House of Morgan. Okay, J.P. Morgan's father thought that Thomas Edison was crazy. And as a matter of fact, J.P. Morgan 
wanted to wanted to invest more into Thomas Edison. But J.P. Morgan's father was like, you don't invest in businesses. You just use businesses money to do other stuff. Basically, you you finance things with other people's money. You don't invest in any businesses. You just use other people's money and you handle other people's money. But investing in a business, you don't do that. And J.P. Morgan's father was against it. Well, when Thomas Edison and J.P. Morgan were working together, the light bulb thing started and it started to catch on. And like I said, J.P. Morgan's father was against it. He called it crazy. But J.P. Morgan had the fortitude to say, no, this this is good. However, his fortitude became weak as time went on because an incident happened with Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. Tesla was Thomas Edison's, one of Thomas Edison's apprentices. Thomas Edison had a lot of apprentices, even um, a black apprentice as well. He, he invented something that dealt with the light bulb. I forgot what it was, but it's not coming to me right now. But anyways, long story short. So after all of this stuff happened with um, Thomas Edison, J.P. Morgan's father had actually died. And because his father had died, he went all in with Thomas Edison. Now, other things happened, da 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 Thomas Edison ended up kind of getting screwed over because some other things happened, but these are minor details. Edison Electric eventually became um, General Electric, for those who don't know. And it was just interesting. But the thing is, is that at the beginning, the point of this is J.P. Morgan was being looked at as if he was crazy by his own father because he wanted to invest in Thomas Edison. Nikola Tesla was looked at as if he was crazy by Thomas Edison because Nikola Tesla said to Edison, hey, you're doing electricity because it was the ACDC thing. And I forgot um, which one it was. It was a battle of which current. It was the uh, one was alternate current. One was direct current. If I'm not mistaken, you can look the stuff up. And Tesla had, I believe it was AC and Edison had DC. Well, Edison told Tesla, no, the reason you don't want to do that version of current is because it's too dangerous. And Tesla was saying, no, it's safe. It works. All right. This is where fortitude comes in at. Edison was not trying to hear it. So Tesla left Edison. Mind you, he was Edison's apprentice. Tesla left Edison. He decided to blaze his own trail. He had the fortitude to say, hey, okay, you're you're not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm out. Tesla went to Westinghouse. Westinghouse started working with Tesla. In the midst of all of this stuff, Rockefeller, (laughs) this is... This is during the Industrial Revolution. This is some crazy stuff. Rockefeller had the stuff going on with um, the oil. 
which he didn't really make. People say Rockefeller made his money off of oil. He didn't make his money off of oil. Rockefeller made his money off of kerosene, which is a byproduct of oil. So he didn't make money off of the oil itself. But these are minor details. And also for those who don't know, gasoline was a side discovery. It wasn't invented. It was discovered by accident. Just a little side note. The scientist that was working on the stuff when it was coming to the um, refining the oil to get the kerosene, which is what Rockefeller made his money off of. The byproduct of after it was refined was gasoline. And because it was too unstable, it couldn't be used until later. You know, Ford came along in the car and all the other stuff with the engine and then Rockefeller engineered that. Da, 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 da. But I digress. So Tesla and Westinghouse did their thing. Tesla's version, which I believe it was AC, started to catch on. And then, as I said before, Tesla was competing with Edison. All right. After an incident happened where there was this big contract that um, Tesla and Edison were competing for it was Westinghouse and Morgan. And Tesla won. Tesla won the, the Westinghouse won the contract. It was a huge contract. And it was for a it was this big thing. Um, where was it at? Where was it at? I'm doing recall here. If I'm not mistaken, it was in Chicago. And it was where they lit up this little this fair, this carnival or whatever for the first time. They lit it up. And. That, and they won that contract. So basically, Tesla had won. Now, even though this doesn't matter, I'm going to tell you what, what happened. After Tesla won that contract and their version of electric current caught on, J.P. Morgan being is J.P. Morgan didn't play games with people. He was a banker. So he was about that life. J.P. Morgan went to Westinghouse and said, you're going to give me the rights to Tesla's um, patent. And mind you, with the patent as well, Tesla had um, ripped up. Tesla had ripped up his patent because Westinghouse couldn't afford to pay him money and still keep expanding under this new current of electricity. So when J.P. Morgan went to him and said, basically, you're going to give me the patent because I'm going to say you stole the technology. So you're going to let me absorb all of this. And Westinghouse was like, wait a second. But Tesla was the one who invented it. He did it over here. And J.P. Morgan was like, I know that I don't care. But what I'll do is I'll keep on suing you until I bankrupt you. Until you give in. And then that's. J.P. Morgan ended up winning on that end. So that's what happened with that. And while we're on the Industrial Revolution, another person with fortitude, Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie, it was, oh, I want to say it was the Mississippi Bridge, if I'm not mistaken, because he, it was Carnegie Steel is what he had done. And he had to figure out a way to create steel, which was stronger, because back at that time, Bridges usually collapsed, like 25% of the bridges of that time collapsed. So people were always kind of nervous going over a bridge. 
And for the bridge that was built, Andrew Carnegie, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the Mississippi Bridge. You can look the stuff up and confirm everything. But it was the longest bridge at that time, connecting the two um, states. So when that was going on and it was being built, Carnegie was going in debt. He was going in debt, trying to pay for all of this. And he had to keep on writing his investors saying, hey, trust me, I'm going to get it done. That is another example of fortitude. He could have just wrote it off and been like, okay, um, it, it just didn't go come together. But Carnegie kept on, was like, no, this is going to get built because he had hired some crazy ass um, architect because the architect was referred to him by someone else. And the other person, the person who referred the architect to um, Carnegie has said that the architect was a little cuckoo, <laughs> but the architect managed to build this bridge. And Carnegie was like, okay, if we can put the bridge up with steel, then we can show that steel works and also is better than what all the other bridges that have been built. And this will be the longest bridge in history at the time in a stable bridge. And Carnegie had to stay the course. He had to have fortitude to stay the course. Long story short, the bridge did get built. Which then still became the thing. And the way people were nervous because the bridge was so long. And the way he got people to go across the bridge was he got an elephant. There was this old tale that an elephant will not walk across something if it feels it's not stable. So what he did to make people feel more comfortable to go across the bridge was he went and hired an elephant brought it to the bridge and then took the elephant across the bridge. And then of course there was a picture of it. It was in the paper and then people felt comfortable going across the bridge and then still became very popular. And then steel is what was used to create the buildings in New York and so on and so forth. And that's how Andrew Carnegie became rich. And then later on JP Morgan Chase or JP Morgan bought and Carnegie steel. And then it became us steel. Is what happened. So J.P. Morgan got um, Edison Electric from Thomas Edison. He basically pushed Thomas Edison out and got Edison Electric, changed it to General Electric. And then he bought Carnegie Steel from Andrew Carnegie, which the only reason Andrew Carnegie sold Carnegie Steel is because Andrew Carnegie and John Rockefeller had a rivalry going. And Andrew Carnegie wanted to be able to say that he was worth more money than John Rockefeller. So when J.P. Morgan approached Andrew Carnegie and asked him, how much do you want for Carnegie Steel? Because J.P. Morgan had money. Let me put it like this. J.P. Morgan has so much money that when the United States government was about to go bankrupt, they went to J.P. Morgan for a loan. The government of the United States of America went to J.P. Morgan for a loan. So that's how much money J.P. Morgan had back in the day. All right. So J.P. Morgan went to Andrew Carnegie and said, hey, give me a number. And then Andrew Carnegie found out how much John Rockefeller was worth at the time. And then Andrew Carnegie asked for a number higher than that. And then J.P. Morgan wrote the check. And then Andrew Carnegie got the money. And that was that. Now, 
Andrew Carnegie would not have became who he was if he did not have fortitude. If he did not build that bridge with the steel, if he had stopped while he was in debt, while people were telling him, hey, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. You owe money here. You owe money there. Just stop the project. If he would have stopped, he would not have become the richest person in the world at the time. But after it was all said and done, John Rockefeller still ended up passing him later. But that's another story that I'll save for another day. But the point is, in order to be successful, in order to be a trailblazer, you have to have fortitude. And fortitude is being strong, standing in your strength, standing against adversity, going against what the group may say. And all of these men that I mentioned, John Rockefeller was another one, but this thing is at 30 minutes and I'm not even going to tell you the story about John Rockefeller because that's a whole nother thing for a whole nother day. But all of these men that I mentioned, whether it's Andrew Carnegie, whether it's John Rockefeller, whether it is J.P. Morgan, whether it is um, another in the Industrial Revolution, Vanderbilt as well. That's another one. But he was all of them were SOBs. But yeah, regardless of how you may feel about their personalities or how they did things, one thing that all of them have in common is fortitude. All of them have fortitude in common. There were times throughout their careers or several times throughout their careers, throughout their life, where people in situations came at them and they didn't back down. They didn't stop. They stood in their strength and they kept on going. And to stay standing your strength to keep on going, you have to have fortitude. And that is the point. So, yeah, went on my little rant because I love the Industrial Revolution story, as you can tell. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, KIRWKC.com, main podcasting platform. KIRWKC on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash KIRWKC. If you're watching this on YouTube, Daily Motion, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, followed by the notification bell. That will let you know when I upload new episodes. Thank you to everyone who have been supporting the podcast. I love you guys. Until next time, be blessed.